Mark chapter 9, starting from verse 23. It says, Jesus saith unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. Hallelujah. You could bow your hearts with me. Father, Lord, we just want to come to you today. Lord, we ask that you prepare the soil, Lord God, that the words, O oh God, that I shall speak will find good soil. Lord, that it will bless, that it will encourage, that it will edify. Lord, we just thank you for your presence and anointing here today that will break every yoke. Hallelujah. You take control. Let your spirit have liberty to flow in this service. Hallelujah. Let there be an anointing in this place. We give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn to your neighbor. Turn to someone you don't know and tell them I'm glad you're here. Amen. Turn to someone else and tell them I'm glad you're here. Amen. You may be seated in Jesus' name. Amen. I struggled with a, a, a title for this message, but in the end I came up with this title, The Faith Healer. The Faith Healer. You know, it seems to me that many of us, our faith is broken. We believe to a certain extent, but there are so much other things that come into our lives that make us doubt. In fact, Satan's most powerful weapon is doubt. If he can get us to start doubting God's word or doubting certain things that God has said or doubting his promises, that leads to unbelief. And eventually unbelief leads to spiritual death. And when we look at examples in the Bible, doubt always starts with a question. In Genesis chapter 3 and verse 1, that's how it started. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said. You see, doubt starts with a question. We start to question all the things that we have heard and been taught about God and his nature. It always starts with a question. Hath God said, thou shalt not eat of every tree of the garden? The question is always about something that God has promised us. It seems clear from the passage, uh, a revelation I'm going to show to you today that you probably hadn't noticed before. God had told them to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was death. And when you read very closely, you realize that Eve and Adam, I believe, had always just accepted God's word. They walked by faith and not by sight. How can I prove that? Well, the Bible tells us that when she started to doubt, she actually looked at the tree. The Bible tells us as if it was for the first time that she looked at the tree. You see, she had been walking by faith. Just God telling her, don't eat of that tree because it will kill you. She hadn't even examined it. But when she began to doubt, she started to look at it with her own eyes. In Genesis 3, 6, it continues, And the woman saw the tree that it was good for food. Do you understand what that implies? Up until that point, she had just taken God's word. It appears she had never really examined the tree till the question came, hath God said? See, Satan will come to you with a question. 
He'll say, does God love you? Why were you in this situation? It's always that same question. Why did this happen to me? If God were real, why didn't he take me out of this situation? Why didn't he deliver me? Doubt starts with a question. Hath God said? It seems from this scripture we can, we can come to the conclusion she had never looked at the tree. Because suddenly it says when she saw the tree, as if for the first time, she suddenly started to make her own judgment. Well, it looks good. See, sometimes we start to make our own judgment when doubt comes in. Well, this situation looks impossible. I don't know how I'm going to get out of it. It seems a mess. The storm is blowing. How am I going to get out of it? There's no way I can survive this. See, doubt always starts with a question. And the question then leads to unbelief. And unbelief leads to spiritual death. She started by just doubting and then she started to make her own independent judgment. When we lean to our own understanding is when we get into trouble. When we start to think, okay, we can work it out. We can make it work. We start to try to work out ways to make it happen. Doubt led her to walk by sight. Doubt will make us walk by sight. We'll look at our situation as impossible as it is. You see, this amazed me when I was studying it because it came to me that she had never really looked at the tree. The Bible says she suddenly saw the tree and then she started to believe that it was good for food. You know what she was doing? She began to doubt God's word. God had said that if you eat of that tree, it will kill you. But she looked at it and started to think it looks good for food. When we start to walk by sight, we will get into trouble. Because although it tells us truth, it's not the whole truth. Amen. When you go in court, they make you swear and they say to tell the truth and the whole truth. See, Satan will only come with a part of the truth. Yes, it would make you wise, but it will also kill you. He didn't say that part. He didn't say that part. We have to be able to put down the questions that bring in doubt. And we have to believe by faith. Doubt planted by the question led her to walk by sight and not by faith, which always leads to unbelief. The Bible tells us she was deceived, which means she began to believe what was said. When we start to believe what was said, if it's not God's word, that always leads to unbelief and doubt. See, doubt comes when we start to look, as I said, for ourselves, to walk by sight. Sight. Doubt comes when we start to see our situation and it looks hopeless and it looks that we can't get through and it looks like God isn't answering prayer and we give in to our flesh and we start to say it's impossible. But I tell you this, I've been in some impossible situations. I've been in some places where the only way out was with God. And you know what? God came through. He is a deliverer. He is an answer of prayer. Yesterday, my wife and I were talking, and we, every now and then we talk about her father, my father-in-law. And he was one of these people who, who, who uh, came up and, and made himself something. You know, he, he started off with not much, but he was a hard worker. And you know what? He had faith. His motto was, it can be done. <laughs> he would look at something and he would say, it can be done. We would look at it and say, well, no way it can be done. He would look at the same thing and say, it can be done. We just have to believe and find a way to do it. 
you know, I think that's why he was so successful. He ended up with a whole business and a store and all kinds of, of stuff. When he died, he left an inheritance. You know why? Because his attitude was, it can be done. See, when we have Jesus' motto, it can be done. All things through God are possible. You see, when we start to doubt God's promises is when we start to look at it for ourselves. We look at the thing for the first time. You see, God has given us, the Bible says, exceeding great and precious promises. He has said in Hebrews 13, 5, I will never leave you nor forsake you. In 1 Peter 2, 24, it says, by his stripes he were healed. Do you believe it? In Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, he says, I will give you rest. In Mark 10, 27, with God, all things are possible. But then Satan will come and he'll start to say, hath God said? He'll want you to look at your situation instead of God's promises. He'll want you to look at the tree instead of God's word. What I'm trying to tell you is that God is the faith healer. See, our faith may be uh, sick, it may be broken, it may not be as strong as we would like it, but God is the faith healer. When we think about that, we think about someone praying for something. But what I'm trying to tell you is God can heal your faith today. He can restore your belief. He can take you to the next level. He can make things that you didn't think possible come true. One of the promises and what I struggle with is I always look at my past. Yes, I'm human. I think about my past. As I said in Sunday school, I have my own story. And there are pages in that story I don't want anyone to read. And when the devil wants to get you, he'll come and he'll start saying, but what about what you did back then? There's things that I did when I was 18. I'm 66 now. And every now and then the devil will bring it back. You know what I have to remember is John 15, chapter 15, verse 3. Here's what Jesus said. He said to the disciples, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. You are already clean because of the word I have. If Jesus has spoken a word to you, you are already clean. In Matthew 6, 26, he said the birds, they don't sow, they don't reap, they don't plant. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. They don't go to McDonald's, they don't, they don't go to Wendy's, yet somehow... They live their lives. He said, don't you think I care about you more than these? Don't you believe that God loves you more than some birds? Amen. The devil will come to you and say, well, what about this? What about that? What you have to do is not to walk by sight, but you have to get back into faith. You have to allow the faith healer to heal your faith. You see, Faith starts to go when we have prayed and prayed and something doesn't happen. It seems that God hasn't acted when we thought he would. We prayed for a job. We didn't get it. We prayed for healing and it didn't happen right away. See, the disciples experienced this. They had a storm and Jesus was in the boat. The storm didn't stop because Jesus was in the boat. It got violent. It got worse. And it appeared that Jesus was sleeping. Finally, they said, don't you care? Don't you care that we're perishing? Don't you see what situation we're in? And yet, if he was in the boat, you know nothing could have happened. He looked at them and he said, oh, ye of little faith. But the faith healer, the faith builder was going to show him a thing or two. He got up and he said, peace be still. 
And they were shocked. They were surprised. They were amazed. They said, what kind of man is this that even the winds and the waves obey? I tell you, when we start to have faith, God will stand up in our boat and he will speak to our storm. He'll deliver us out of our situation. See, there are certain questions that cause us to doubt. We think of mistakes we've made, things we've gotten into, uh, situations that we've, we've put ourselves in through bad choices, and, and he'll come and he'll say, well, God doesn't love you. God doesn't care about you. See, those are the questions that will, will want to make us look with our own eyes. He doesn't love you anymore. That's why things are going so bad. Maybe the promises that we read in the Bible weren't for us. It was for the disciples or someone else. And then we start to look like Eve and start to really examine our situation. And then we start to agree. You know when you're in trouble? When you start to agree with the devil. Yep. Yep. It's pretty bad. Yep, it's hopeless. <laughs> you know you're in trouble when you're agreeing with Satan. When you start to say, yep, <laughs> don't know how I'm going to get out of this. <laughs> when you start to agree with Satan, then you know you're in trouble. That's when you know you need the faith healer. Not a faith healer. Not somebody on the TV. Not a someone who's going to send you their soap or their hot oil. You need the faith healer. The one who can restore you. The one who can build you up. The one who can lift you up. In the Psalms, it said, he's the lifter up of my head. See, there is a way you can have faith restored. There's a way you can get back to believing, to trusting God. See, devil will say to you, why hasn't it come to pass? He probably said that to Abraham. Look, it's been 15 years and you still have no son. To Job, he said, why don't you just curse God and die? You've been a good man. You come to church. You pray for your children. And look what's happening. It's been getting from bad to worse. First, then people come and steal all your flocks. Then tornado comes and kills all your children. And then you get sick. God must hate you. Why don't you curse God and die? Does God really love you? But the Bible says in all of this, Job kept his integrity. He wasn't looking at the situation. He was looking at his God. He wasn't looking down. He was looking up. The Bible says, look up for your redemption. Draweth nigh. If you look at your situation, yeah, you will give up. You'll start agreeing with Satan that it's a bad situation. No hope. But listen, I'm telling you, never agree with Satan. Don't, if you find yourself agreeing with Satan, you better get on the other side. See, he will make you have a question. Why? 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 Why is this happening to me? See, as I said, doubt is Satan's greatest weapon. Because if we can start to have doubt, then we start to not believe God. The Bible says, he that cometh to him, that is God, must believe that he is. And that he is what? A rewarder. The diligently. See, you can't give up that God is your reward. He will reward. You just have to stay to it. In Sunday school, I, I taught about the fact that he told him to stay at Jerusalem. He didn't tell him for how long. Maybe it was going to be 10 days, 20 days, 50 days. But those who stayed to the 50th day, they got a surprise. The Bible said, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come. See, there is a day that will fully come for you. A day of fully of deliverance. A day fully of healing. 
a day that God knows that he is going to set things right. It says when the day of Pentecost was fully come, then there came a sound. See, God's word will come as a sound. The spirit will manifest in your life as a sound. James chapter 1 verse 6 says this. You know, we wonder why we pray and we don't get answers. Well, James chapter 1 says 6. But let him ask in faith. Nothing wavering. You have to believe that it's going to be. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. If you ask God, please, I'm not sure, but I think I want you to do this for me. Don't worry, it won't happen. (laughs) Verse 7 says, For let not the man think that he shall what? Receive anything of the Lord. God wants you to come to him in faith believing. If my dad told me I was going to get something, the only question now was when. It wasn't if. If he said he was going to buy me a, 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 a bicycle, I was, I was looking for when. I wasn't saying, are you going to buy? I was saying, when is it coming? When is, it, when is the date? See, that's what we have to get. We can't look at our situation. We have to start to just say, Lord, I'm looking for the when. I know you've promised me great things. I'm looking for my deliverance because he is the healer of my faith. He will repair what the devil has destroyed. He comes to take away your faith. He looked at Peter and he said, Simon, Simon, Satan hath desired to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed that your faith fail not. See, God is our faith healer. The strongest thing you have is your faith. If you lose that, you have nothing. The Bible in Ephesians 6 says, taking the shield of faith, whereby we may be able to withstand the fiery darts. There's some fiery darts, all right. Don't kid yourself. He has some weapons. <laughs> they, they will burn if you don't have your faith shield up. If you don't have that thing ready to defend because he's going to shoot at you. But if you can believe, all they'll do is go, they'll get extinguished. It's said that the Roman soldiers used to have wooden shields. And you'd think those shields would be no good against arrows with fire on it. But you know what they would do? They would soak their shields in water the night before the battle. So as soon as the arrows come and they hit the shields, the water just went, You have to have your shield dipped in God's running stream of the Holy Spirit. And when the enemy sends his weapons, it's just going to go. Because God is the faith healer. How do you counteract doubt? How do you get back to a place of belief? How do you get past fear? How do you get to that place when you start to believe God? And I'll tell you the secret and you all know it. It's by remembering what he's done for you in the past. Can any of you right now think of a time when it looked impossible? Can any of you think of a time when you thought you was finished? And then God. But God. I tell you, I can look back to many instances when I thought I was finished. I've told you some of the car came right across the median at 80 miles an hour on the freeway, straight at me. I mean, there was not time to think or even work out what I was going to do. But at the last minute, the very last minute, something pushed him aside and he went as close as like that much to hitting me. You see, I'm telling you that God is a prayer answering God. When it looked impossible, he delivered me. The IRS sent me a bill some years ago for close to half a million dollars. 
$445,000, you got 30 days to pay. I don't know if I've told that one before. $445,000, you got 30 days to pay us. We're going to come and take everything. But God, I'm not going to tell you how, but he delivered me out of it all. See, I know of what I speak. He is the faith healer. He can repair your faith when you're down, when you're in trouble. Amen. You know, and the reason why I can say that is because I watched my parents. I was blessed to have some parents who had faith, who went into situations, and I saw God work. Amen. So I did like Elisha. I'm going to try this for myself. He saw Elijah do all these miracles, and he was told if he saw Elijah when he went, he, he would get the power too. So he grabbed Elijah's mantle, and he came up to the Jordan. And he says, I'm going to see if this works. If, the, if I've got the double portion, you part for me like you did for Elijah. You know what? The river parted. It's time for us to step up our game and start to trust God rather than the devil. Be in agreement with God, not Satan. What was the last thing God did for you? See, that's how David faced Goliath. And you all know this. In 1 Samuel chapter uh, 17 and verse 37, when it was time for this little 17-year-old kid to go against a nine-foot giant, who probably weighed five or six hundred pounds and had a, a spear that the Bible says it was like a beaver's wheel. It was you could, we probably couldn't even have held it. First Samuel said, David said, moreover, the Lord, he started to remember what God had done for him in the past. The Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me. You know what? I told you some time ago, you need to make some declarations in your life. You just don't say, Lord, please. You say, it will be this way. You declare some things. He will deliver me out of the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with thee. You see, that's how you get the faith healer back into your life. You remember the miracles he's done for you. The times when it was hopeless. The times when you went to the basement. And you lay down on the floor and you cried out to the Lord. See, uh, I've not always been doing great. But I have a God that has always been doing great. See, the next part of the faith healer is giving thanks. The trouble with a lot of us, someone called me the other day. And they're probably listening. <laughs> and, <laughs> so I'm, I'm not going to name any names, but they, were, they know who they are. They were, they were calling me and they were telling me how terrible everything was and, and everything was, you know. And I said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Aren't you doing what you wanted to do? Yes. Haven't you got to where now everything is going good for you? Yes. So you're blessed. I guess so. <laughs> you see, we have to be grateful for what God has already done. God healed 10 lepers. Only one came back to say thank you. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 16, it says this, Rejoice always. Pray continually. And do what? Give thanks in everything. For this is the will of God. Now, no matter how poor you are, no matter if you're on the corner with a sign, you can still give thanks. Amen. You can still give thanks. It takes no money for that. Amen. It takes no money to say thank you, Jesus. 
In fact, that's the song we were singing. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. When you give thanks, you're allowing the faith healer to start work. Amen. The leper came back to give thanks. Naaman came back to give thanks. The blind man sought out Jesus to give thanks. The, the, the lame man sought out Jesus to give thanks. Mary Magdalene sought out Jesus and she took this alabaster jar and she poured it on his head and started to weep and give thanks. You may stand because I'm not any longer. Luke chapter 22, verse 31. Jesus said to Simon, Behold, Satan desireth to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. The way they sift wheat is they would take a pitchfork and they throw it up in the air, and the wind would come and blow it away. That's what Satan wants to do to you and your faith. Because he knows he's gonna, you're going through some trials right now. You've got some impossibilities, some things that look like it can't work out. But verse 32 is what my hope is. But, this is Jesus now, I have prayed for you, you, for thee, that thy faith fail not. You know what? He is the faith healer. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. I can imagine that a little bit later when Peter was in the hall and they were arresting and questioning Jesus and the little girl said, aren't you one of his disciples? He said, no, I'm not. <laughs> Jesus was looking at him. He probably looked down and a little bit later someone else goes, yeah, you're, I'm sure you're one of his disciples. He says, no, I'm not. The Bible said he cursed. He said expletive deleted. <laughs> he cursed. And then someone else says, but I'm sure. And he cursed the more. And then the cock crowed and he remembered what Jesus said. Satan really got him at that time. He went out with tears. I don't know how he must have felt having just an hour or two before, a few hours before saying, I'm going to die for you, Jesus. That's us. You know, in here today, right now, oh, we're all going to die for him. But tomorrow, the rubber meets the road. Are you a Christian? Did you go to church? Oh, me, I'm not with them holy roller people. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not a prude. I'm not holier than thou. Satan will come and he'll say, hath God said? Hath God said? But here's the key. He says, I prayed for you that thy faith fail not. He is the faith healer. And without a doubt, if you can believe today that no matter what, God loves you and he wants you and he has a purpose for your life. And if you are willing to give it to him today, the faith healer will restore you and make you whole. We're closing this service. If you would like prayer, if you would like the faith healer to touch you, just come forward. I have no power, but he has all the power. For I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. I think that's the part that he remembered. When thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Hallelujah. You could bow your hearts with me. Father, we thank you today that you showed up at Rehoboth. Lord, I pray right now, Lord God, that you apply that faith to our hearts, Lord God, that we will believe you without doubt, without looking back, Lord, that we will remember the times that you brought us through, that you fed us, that you clothed us, that you lifted us up. Lord, we thank you right now, Lord God, that you are our faith healer. Lord, just as you spoke to the man, 
who said, I don't know how much I believe, but help thou my unbelief. Right now, Jesus, we're asking you to help our unbelief. Lord, because our faith, this is the victory that overcometh the world. Lord, even as I pray for those at the altar, Lord, let everyone that's in here under the sound of my voice, let's lift up our voice and let's talk to God today. Oh God, we thank you for your mercy and your grace and your love. Come on, church, let's pray and invite him into our situation.